We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. time for the mailbag yeah so let's let's just jump into it before we get to the actual questions there was sort of a question that wasn't for the mailbag that i want to address okay antoine johnson asked a question about my interceptions Ah. conversation so that's a lot for a team that plays a lot of man and he's correct it's a lot for corners period it's a lot for for two reasons why number one i count the nickels as part of this conversation i think nickels have a chance to get two three interceptions minimum on their own this year off tip passes and, and things along those lines, undercutting routes. There's a couple reasons for it. Number one is I think we showed saw, I mean, Benjamin Morrison last year caught six, had inter- six interceptions. Right. And they were all in man situations. I mean, he undercut a crossing route, picked the pass off against Clemson. That was his first pick. Uh, he perfectly played an, an underthrown deep ball, his second, his second pick. He had three against Boston College. One is he was in man and he jumped the hitch route and picked it off. Uh, his next one was just great, just phenomenal coverage on a on a go route in the end zone. I think it was against Zay Flowers. I could be wrong on that. I I don't quite remember if he might have forced an incompletion on Zay earlier in that in that drive as well. And then Zay got him once, but uh, and then he got a, a an overthrown ball. And so t- there's a couple reasons why I'm I'm having the number where I am. And it, uh, number one, I think Cam Hart's going to make a lot more plays in the ball this year. I think that teams were not afraid to challenge Benjamin Morrison last year. Yep. And that's partly why he had so many picks. Sure. I think you're going to see more teams throwing to the field this year. And I think Cam is – I'm anticipating Cam making a lot more plays. I think we're, the Cam we saw against Wisconsin is someone that I think is capable of being that guy, driving on curls, driving on ends, things like that. So I think he's going to make some more plays there. I also think that because of how good the corners are, we're going to see teams – we're going to see this Notre Dame team blitz more. And if they're good at it, and I think they're going to be better at it, and so we saw some things this spring, they're going to be – you're going to see teams rushing a lot of throws off outside. And that's where you get more interceptions right. from your corners. Right, right. Tip so balls you're, too. you're going to have you know, three corners yeah. on the field a lot. You're going to see a lot more rushed throws. And then the final piece is Notre Dame's going to – I think going to – there's – if the offense is a factor in this as well, if the offense is as good as we think it's going to be, 
they're going to have a lot more leads this year, mm-hmm. which means now you're playing a little bit more off. Now you're having some stuff late in the game as well. So that's kind of those are the three factors that go into it. And then to answer his other question, Notre Dame also makes a lot plays a lot of te- a team a, a lot of teams this year that throw the ball a lot, and 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 you, obviously USC throws the ball a bunch. Ohio State throws the ball a bunch. Jeff Brom's the new coach at Louisville. They're going to throw the ball a bunch this year. So uh, Robert and I uh, being at uh, at NC State, I mean, NC State, or excuse me, uh, Virginia in 2021 ranked sixth in college football in pass attempts. Number three was Purdue at 575. This past year, Nor- uh, Purdue was fourth. Uh, USC was ninth. Well, the coach that was the Purdue play callers now at Louisville. And so I think and, – and the guy that was at Virginia two years ago that led to them throwing a million footballs with Brennan Armstrong, him and Brennan Armstrong are now both at at uh, NC State. And then also it, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to look up the Division I AA stats this year too, Vince, but you've got a guy that Stanford now is going to be in a situation where they're going to have – they're going to throw the ball a lot more as well because they're going to be a spread team. They're going to have a – you know the, the quarterback they had. They, they had two quarterbacks that played at Sacramento State, uh, but they one of them rushed for a thousand yards. The other one was more of a passer. They don't really have a quarterback that throws the ball like that, and so uh, I, I don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball quite as much. So I think they're a team that's going to play. They're going to a team that's going to play. To me, they're going to have to throw the ball more as well, and so uh, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is I just think, especially if you're winning. A lot of these games, you're going to see Notre Dame be in situations, Vince, where teams are just going to have to throw the ball a lot more. Uh, so I'm looking at it now, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So Sacramento State last year was 15th in NCAA and in, uh, in uh, 1AA in pass attempts. And that was with a quarterback that ran for 1,000 yards. So they're not going to have that this year. So they're going to have to be even more RPO-oriented and things like that. So – they play a lot of teams that throw the football this year. There's no doubt that that factors into it as well. So I just wanted to clarify why I went with that number because that is a very high number, uh, obviously, but it's something I that I think is capable of. When you look at also the nickels, and and again, it's a bold prediction, and, it's, and that's the point. Right? It's supposed right. to be bold. It's supposed to be a little out there, but 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 within the realm of yeah. possibility. So right, and, and at least be able to justify why you think that crazy right. bold prediction might happen. And that's where exactly. it comes from. It's just not like yep. hmm, uh, ten. Or, you know, throwing darts. Okay, I landed on ten. I guess I'm going to go with ten. Right. So uh, yeah, not doing that. But but it it is a fair point though that Antoine brought up. Of that's a lot of interceptions for a team that plays man coverage, and so I just want to explain why that's the case. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Got a super chat from Josh Miller. Thank you very, Josh. Really appreciate that. For some ammo later and for all the content. Thanks for your honest takes. I appreciate that. He must know that Man. I'm going to the range after the show today. <laughs> Jeez. I appreciate that, Josh. Another super chat from Rob Osgood. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you guys for all the hard work. My question and comment is, with the potential increase in production from the defensive line and the linebackers, can the DBs become championship caliber or shut down uh, Ohio State, USC, etc. Shut down? No. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think you shut down Ohio State. You don't shut down USC. You do what Michigan has done. You make enough stops to where your offense can go out there and win the game. And if you can be balanced and run the football and and keep the ball away from them. I mean, look, Utah was able to go out there against you against USC in that second game and and really dominate them. They still scored 24 points. You know what I mean, Vince? And and that was after Utah gave up 42 points in the first time. They needed a they needed a a, a first game to even get a look at USC, and then that helped right. them in the next game. So uh, shut them down. No, can you keep can you keep them in the 20s? That's the key. Now it's about what can your offense do? Can your offense play well enough to get you where you need to be? Those are going to be the keys for me. Sure. As I as I look at now, that, Vince, can I mean, they be championship caliber? Yeah, they can be championship caliber. I think no they were last year for most sure. of the year. I mean, right. in my opinion, they certainly were against Ohio State. Yeah, the D, the secondary was not the reason you lost Ohio State last year. Agreed. It was your front seven and your offense. That's what it mm-hmm. boiled down to. Yep, more the offense so, I think than anything else. But yeah, well, I mean, whatever. front seven not being able to get off the field in the second second half, not well, able to stop the run in the second half. That's what I'm referring that, to. Okay, gotcha. You gotcha, limited gotcha. the possessions of your offense to even have the chances to go out and, and sure. make but plays. When take you... advantage of the opportunities they even had. Right. But yes, you are absolutely right. 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 Troll Hunter, thank you very much for the super chat. Little League World Series fund. I, we're all too old for the Little League World Series, yeah. uh, but I enjoy watching. It's one of my favorite things actually to watch on TV once they get – to Williamsport, and uh, I, I love watching the Little League World Series almost as much as I love watching the College World Series. Okay. <laughs> and then Nathan Milton's trying to be a troublemaker here, Vince, but uh, I'll go ahead and let you read this and answer the question. Uh, Nathan Milton, thanks for the super chat. Vince, who's the better athlete, Jalen Smith or Micah Parsons? This is, this pre-injury. is not even close. It's pre-injury. Smith. Okay, thank you. It's not even close. Okay. Micah Parsons is a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. Jalen Smith is not even in the same conversation. Pre-athlete, Jalen Smith was a – a freak yeah an absolute freak and micah partons is as well but uh jaylen was a different level yep. that ryan and i had a, a, a disagreement on that in a show 
What? And so he's still yeah, employed so, here. Hey, he hasn't been seen for two weeks. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, he'll be back. He's Somebody just on paternity leave. Yeah, someone will take that seriously. Uh, but uh, no, it, it, you know, look, I understand it. But yeah, I just don't, I didn't agree oh. with it. So now, of course, people bring it up to try to create problems. I problem. see. And that's what I got you. Well, you're not going to get a problem from me with Good you. answer, Vince. Maybe Good Ryan, answer. But... Good answer. <laughs> from, from Jordan. Where would you rank Caleb Beasley, Christian Gray, and Benjamin Morrison at the same point in high school? That's a good one. Okay, so Benjamin Morrison is number one. I mean, I had Benjamin Morrison as a dude. Uh, he is he is number one. Caleb Beasley is number two at the same age, and Christian Gray is number three. Now, Christian Gray had a big jump for me as a senior. So he is a guy that I thought – I as a senior – Vince had a was a much better football player than he was as a junior, at least in my eyes. Now, Notre Dame will tell you they liked him as a junior as well, which is why they recruited him as hard as they did. I just didn't see it quite to the level that they did uh, as a as a junior. He was still very good, but just not to that quite to that level. They're all top hundred. They all are either are or were became top hundred players. Christian Gray became a top hundred player, but Beasley and Morrison were as juniors. Christian okay. became one as a senior. So that's why gotcha. when he says at the same point, so Christian Gray as a senior is better than Caleb Beasley was as a junior. Caleb Beasley as a junior was better than Christian Gray was as a junior, in my opinion. Gotcha. Benjamin Morrison was better than all of them. So fair question. Fair question. Good one. And, like and another that. one along the same lines, Vince, from Jordan. Yeah, he says, uh, where would Kingston rank at the same time of high school with Drake Bowen, Jaden Osbury, or Jalen Sneed? Well, it's kind of interesting. So – uh, of that group, I would probably put them. I'd probably put them third in that group as juniors. Be- See here, here it's hard to do. It's hard to do without context because part of the reason I would have them lower is because those other guys have such incredibly high ceilings. Like the guy, honestly, that would rank the lowest as a junior amongst that group is Jalen Sneed Hmm. because Jalen was always a toolsy high upside guy, but he was also raw that needed a lot of work. Jaden Osbury had a much higher floor and Kingston has the highest floor of all these guys. I mean, Kingston's floor is higher than all these guys. I just think ceiling wise, some of those, those other guys are better. So it's kind of hard. They're they're just, they're very different players. Where Kingston is like, that's what you get. I mean, and that's a good football player. And he is going to come in and, you know, he's more junior to Alamaca, a more athletic version of junior to Alamaca than he is Jaden Osbury or Jalen Sneed or even Drake Bowen. Because as a junior, if you remember correctly, Vince, I loved Drake Bowen, but it was all about the upside. It was all about the sure. tools. It wasn't until his senior year that he became an – Drake was an elite athlete that you loved the potential, but he was more of a athlete than he was a great football player. Sure. As a senior, he became a, a much better football player on top of the athleticism. Jaden Osbury was always a great athlete, but a really smart, instinctive football player that just needed technical and weight room work. And then Jalen Sneed was just a freaky athlete that needed to learn how to play football. Or, or excuse me, excuse me, needed to learn how to play linebacker. Yeah. Because he was he was a rush end as a junior in high school. He literally put his hand in the ground and rushed off the edge as a junior hmm. high school. How, how do you compare that to a guy that's been playing middle linebacker at the best high school in America? Right. It's hard to compare that at this you know the same age. So Kingston has the highest floor. He's a faster version of Junior Tialamaka. It's just 
how are you evaluating it? Is it based on where they are now? If it's based on where they are right now, you could argue that Kingston should be number one. It just, if I'm starting a high school football team and all these guys are juniors, who's my starting middle linebacker? It's going to be Kingston because he's a more advanced high school football player. If you're going to, if you're going to include the, the upside part of it into the equation, you may drop him down to like third in that conversation. That's how I look at events. What are your, have you had a chance to watch Kingston? I know you've no, been busy, but I, I, didn't I think have you not. Did yet. No, I haven't. I have. That's that's uh, pretty bold words. I have a feeling that if you started him at Mike, you'd find some other spots for these other guys, though. Sure. But again, we're talking about <laughs> right. as juniors. No, no, no. I, I, oh, I get it. Juniors. No, I totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Here's uh, here's we actually had the same question twice. So we'll, we'll just go here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, M. Go Irish. Name your top three Notre Dame cornerback tandems since 2000. That has to include 23, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my top three, not including them. Okay, uh, just to have some fun with the conversation. I think this year's tandem has a chance to be even better. But if I had to go with my best cornerback tandems uh, leading up to that, leading up to now, I would probably have to go with. Uh, you have the 2002 group of Vontez Duff and Jerome's, uh, not Jerome Sapp, uh, Vontez Duff and. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on Shane Walton? Shane Walton. All right. Um, could not for the life a, of me. Why am I drawing a blank no, on Shane like, Walton? Why am I, I was going to say, That's why great. am I, I – I was halfway through the saying, why am I drawing a blank on the other corner and then right. Shane Walton? It was hilarious. So it, it was popped really, in. It's really it popped way, in. And so – I know, right? Why am I, why am I forgetting on Shane Walton? <laughs> uh, you're not. You just said <laughs> it. Like, what are you talking? No. Uh, that was a very good tandem. Yes. Uh, obviously, the 2018 tandem was outstanding. Yes. That was my first – thought right there. my my next one is it's a it's a battle between i'm torn between two two tandems vince and partly because one of the tandems was more of a trio i thought the 2010 cornerback room at notre dame was really good and if you remember that group you had gary gray before he had the 2011 breakdown and gary gray in 2010 was really good you had Robert Blanton and you had Darren Walls. That trio was outstanding for Notre Dame in 2010. And if and if we remember correctly, that defense went from being one that gave up 26 points a game the year before to 20. And especially by the end of the year, they were playing at a very high level, that trio. And so I really liked that, that, that trio of players. The other group that was in – but – Part of the reason I loved it is because Gary Gray and, and Robert Bland, especially, were really good against the run. Okay. They combined for over 10 tackles for loss, that duo did in 2010. Uh, not even count, counting Darren Walls, who was the best cover guy of, of that of that group. But you know, Gary Gray had five tackles for loss that year, uh, Vince. And uh Robert Bland had seven and a half. So you had two corners that had 12 and a half tackles for loss. Right, and so uh, I loved that one. And then the other one that I'm in con- that that I that I ha- is the conversation to me. Their their position coach, I mean their defensive coordinator was a knucklehead, <laughs> but that Kavari Russell Cole Luke tandem in 2015 was really good, really good. And uh, I think Kavari Russell's record in games he started in at Notre Dame was something like 31 and six or something like that. He was, uh, I mean, he was on some really good teams. So those are, those are my 
corner tandems. Last year's tandem was really good, Vince, but they didn't finish the season together. Right. And they both had some ups and downs, especially with Cam. I don't know that I'd put last year's tandem in the top three, to be honest with you. I think it has a chance to be number one after this year. Yeah. But I just think there was a little bit too much inconsistency early last year for me to really say it was number one. Where because what's a the other those units were all very veteran groups. That's the other part, is those were experienced players in all those gotcha. groups. So that would be my uh that would be my group to me. Vince. I like it. Do you have a, do you have an opinion on that? Not really. No, I'm okay. I'm with you on, on on all of it. You're so much better with the history than I am. You're like, well, I learned from OG the greatest Jr. to ever do that say. with Notre Dame history, right? That's what I, was I mean, say. I, I've always been a guy that knew history and loved history, <clears> but like when you work with loose emoji, you've got to bring your A game, man, right. and it rubs off on you. you right. know I mean, so there's like things that I'll say now, or, and I always try to credit you know Lou when it when it when it's something like I know that he told me. Sure. Uh, because I mean, and it was, it made working easier, Vince. And I know you did some, some podcast stuff with him. Sure. I don't know how much you were in the office with him when, no, when you worked there, just the podcast, but I literally be sitting there writing an article about Torian Folsom going, Hey Lou, uh, where's Folsom rank on the totals yards for the first, whatever. Uh, he's fourth behind, like it was Autry Denson, Vegas Ferguson, <laughs> so, there's Walker. All right. Thanks Lou. That's how I did research. Didn't even have to like that. look no, up. It's just no. yelled at the other cubicle. Yeah. And that was one of the things when I left. I was like, man, I got to do my own homework. Fortunately, at the early on, I mean, Lou and I still remained friends until he passed. I could just call him and ask him, and he would give me the answer. Right. There was one time I was trying to remember. I was trying to find something. It was an obscure thing that you can't just look up in the stat book. So I called Tim Priester, and Tim and I were like, mm, I don't know either. And it's like, this is why we needed Lou, you know, because we would all both rely on Lou and be like, hey, man, this is why we miss another many reasons why we miss Lou. But, uh, yeah, you have to bring your A game when you work with loose emoji if you're going to be talking about the history of, of uh, right. Notre Dame football. So, yeah, good one. Very good All question. All right, like from John, one. does the Notre Dame staff still have the same confidence level in the talent on the roster being able to make a run for a title after spring departures? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't again, I, I don't think any of the spring – all the spring departures were at best a 1B in Logan Diggs and the rest were twos. So I don't think that this – I think that the staff would – I don't know the answer to this, but I would imagine that there's a thought of, well, if if we have an injury, sure, maybe. We're not as prepared to deal with a quarterback injury. But, um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of – still a lot of confidence in that I would, group. I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to decide, like, from the guys that left, like, why – you know, where would it be where their confidence would drop? Running back would be my only one. Yeah, agreed. Just because there's so much uncertainty in, but from, from the injury standpoint. Like yeah, sure. exactly. And they and they know more about that than we do. But I know there's question marks still there. Yeah, uh, you're so, you're not worried about losing Lorenzo Styles, right? And you're losing. You're worried about losing Tyler Buckner for 24, or if there's an injury. Correct. But yeah, if there's an injury at quarterback, that that's going to be something that um is yeah boy. But you don't go into the years like, I don't know if we're going to win because if this guy gets hurt. And we're right. In trouble. You can't think that way. Like no, that's, I don't that's, think that's the case. You can't think that yeah. way. So, yeah, I think their confidence is still where it was. At least it is in my conversations. That hasn't yeah. changed at all. So, I mean, it's a fair question. Look, it's, it's a different looking roster question. now than it was before. Sure. Yeah. M. Go Irish, which Notre Dame cornerback, he's doing that. I like he's sticking with, he's sticking on topic here. I like yeah. this. Which ND cornerback performed better at the NFL level than you expected and one who underperformed your expectations? 
That's a good. You know, it's hard for me because I don't really pay attention to the the NFL. Even when I watch the NFL, I, I watched it more as a as a like a like a fan of my team. Then not, I didn't yeah, like not exactly across the entire NFL. Keep yeah, I just I, I've never been like a the. I was always a big Broncos fan, and 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 when I was a kid, I would follow it. But like as a as an adult, like I I don't know what. Bennett Jackson did in the NFL. I have no idea. I don't. I don't know what Brock Williams did in the NFL. I have, I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you honestly how most of those guys did. So I say so. Uh, Bobby Taylor maybe uh, it performed better, but he ended up moving to safety. I didn't think Tom Carter was as good as I where he was drafted. I guess. I mean, that's about the best I could. Come on. I, I just don't, again, I don't know how many, how guys did. I mean, Julian Love's been pretty good, but what I say he's been oh, better yeah. than I expected. I don't. And, and Troy Pride yeah. is still playing right now. Which well, no, he a, actually, he tore his ACL and hasn't been signed oh. yet. So, okay. um, yeah. But, um, well, see, there, you know more than I did. Yeah. But <laughs> well, that's just because I care about Troy, not because I care about the NFL, you know. Sure. But I honestly don't know that, I, that I've that i paid enough attention to have answers. I'll tell you one who didn't, who underperformed, uh, Kavari Russell did almost nothing in the NFL. That surprised me. I thought he'd be a, at least a decent rotation guy. He spent very little time in the NFL. I, I thought he would have been a little bit better. But um, other than that, I couldn't tell you. I can tell you who underperformed because the guys didn't do anything. But, you know, I think Brock Williams <laughs> was like a third-round pick, and he, like, played like two years. That's yeah. not great. Who did better? I, I don't I don't know. I didn't watch enough. I, I mean – I don't know. I I was gonna try to guess, but I just don't even want to guess because I just right. don't know enough about. No, it. I get that. But yeah, you're you're, on, you're talking to the wrong guys for NFL knowledge. Right? I mean, I, I watch the NFL the same way you do. Number one, I bet on it because I think it's yeah. fun, and the other one is I watch my team. I don't. Yeah. Really keep never bet on NFL, else. uh, and uh, I don't even watch my team anymore. <laughs> so I might this year. Who knows? We'll see what my Sundays look like. But I'm usually pretty busy on Sundays, as you know. From Archer, which position group is the is in the best spot for the next three years, and which group needs the most work? Okay, that's, that's very that's, that's a very good, good question. question. Which position group needs the most work is the easiest. That's safety. Okay, easily that's safety. That's I mean, there's fair. no other position that needs as much work right now as the right. safety position. Yeah. <clears throat> which ones in the best positions are actually a little bit more challenging because there's some that there's, you know, there there's some that are boy really good I, I would have to say here's who and this pops off my head sure as the 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 ones that are in the best position moving forward i i'd have to say wide receiver okay that's one uh, i would have to say running back yep. now that they have kedron young that's another one because you've got jadarian one year jeremiah the next jaron and jabron one year jeremiah the next all those guys enter the season with four years of eligibility left. Plus you have Aeneas and, and, and Kedron in the next class. And the other one would probably be linebacker. So I think, I think okay. linebackers, I mean, you, you have the, you still have Snead and Ziegler from the 22 class. I think they have great potential. The freshman class is outstanding. Bodie Cahoon and Teddy Rezac. I saw pictures of them and of, of uh, a video of them kind of getting off the, they're long as heck. They're talented. You know, as long as Al Golden doesn't kind of screw this recruiting thing up the next two years, I, I think running linebackers in the conversation. I I don't want to say tight end because I don't think tight end is quite there yet with some of the injuries. Offensive line, 
part of me wants to stay offensive line because there's some really talented players, but I'm concerned about the tackle position. Okay. I'll say this. If they get Gearby Lambert, I'm putting the t- offensive tackle, offensive line in this conversation of the three best. But without them, said corner. Uh, oh, corner. That's corner. That's yeah. my third corner. My, my my three were wide receiver, running back, and corner. Those are yeah. my three big ones. And it honestly, if Tyler Buckner was still here, it would have been quarterback, but he's not. And so there's a big gap yeah. in there. You can't say three years. Like I maybe somebody steps up and they're they knock it out of the park next year, but I still feel like there's a gap at quarterback. Otherwise, I would have picked quarterback as one of mine yeah. as well. Yeah, that's a fair point. I just because we haven't seen any of those guys. Sure. No, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's hard yeah. for me to kind of get too fired up about it. Um, it's just amazing how different a roster can look in three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're talking 25. I mean, that can look a lot different than it does yeah. right now. That's why you look at, you're looking at the 23 and 24 classes primarily. Sure. Is, is exactly. really what the focus is on. Right. All right. Good questions here. Let's go to uh, this one from Joe. All right, Joe, thank you very much for the uh, the question here. How's Christian Gray looking? Any chance we see him as a starter or significant cont- contributor? And that's the question I was referring to when we were mm-hmm. talking about Christian Gray earlier. It's possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, it, you know, He's a guy that you look at and say he has the talent to start play as a freshman. It's it's going to be hard for him to be a starter simply not because it has, it has zero to do with his talent. It's like, look who he has to beat out. I mean, sure. so it, it would require an injury for him to start. That's the problem, right? And so, but if if there's any scenario in which Christian Gray is starting for your cornerback this year, I'm going to feel okay. Yeah. Right? Like, he yeah. may have a tough time with the elite guys, as most freshmen do, but he's, he can play. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd be okay there. And corner's one of those positions where if you have the – he's got a really good football mind. He's a smart kid. He's not just – like, he's not – just getting by on four, three speed and he's six, two. I mean, he's got some instincts to him. Like when I, one thing I was looking at when um, I was letting Archer know kind of uh, the, the Wikipedia was incorrect and that Ahmad Gardner <laughs> was a freshman, all American. Right. One of the things you look at and you're like, you see that, that uh, Ahmed Gardner, sauce Gardner was an academic, all academic kid this freshman year. That surprised me because he plays smart. He's not just long and athletic and fast. He's smart. Benjamin Morrison's smart. You can see that with Cam Hart, or I mean, with Christian Gray, there's some intelligence there at that position. And they've been playing it a long time. And so where Cam Hart's got to kind of learn that stuff because he hasn't, I mean, he played corner in high school, but it's just like, hey, go cover that guy. Yeah. You know, he wasn't being taught really how to play cornerback the way that Benjamin Morrison was, whose dad played in the National Football League and was a Division One football player as a safety, as a defensive back. And, and so he's still he's still come along, but Christian has all that. But he's also athletic and really long. I mean, he's got it. He's got it all. Other than you'd like him to have fifteen more pounds of weight. <laughs> I mean, if you think <laughs> Benjamin was was skinny, wait till you see Christian Gray. You know what I mean? Like he's even skinnier than Benjamin was. So right. But uh, significant contributor that I definitely think he's got a shot to be this year. Well, you predicted sure. he was going to have two interceptions. So right. to me, that qualifies as a significant contributor. Well, it could be two two fourth quarter interceptions against it Tennessee State, and no, it, you know, it could be. Maybe, but like, but yeah, you get multiple interceptions. I feel like you're yeah. on the field for a reason. At that, Agreed. you know. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, One you can explain away. We answered the first part of this question, Vince, so let's just go to the second part of the question. Sure, from Archer, um, and just for the listeners, uh, the first part was who's going to start at slot corner. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. When OSU puts uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the slot, will Ben or Cam shadow him, or will they leave the slot corner on him? 
they'll they'll probably leave the slot corner on him. Notre Dame's not really a shadow team. Never have been. Yeah. What it would be is okay. We're just going to lock you down at those. So if you're going to put your number two and number three corners uh, receivers on our number one and our number ones at corner, then we feel we can handle those guys one on one. So then it becomes now if you want to put Marvin in the slot, that's going to make it easier for us to shadow him over top with a safety and a nickel. And that that's easier that that's easy to say schematically. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to actually defend him, right? Because that's why he's the best receiver in college football. But I mean, it to me, if that's a good thing for Notre Dame if they're going to put him in the slot, because you can you can run linebackers underneath them, you can have a cornerback yeah. mirroring over the top. There's things that you, can, you do. can do, yeah. I'm much more concerned about him being outside and being in one-on-ones where, look, he only has to beat you twice, and it's 100 yards. I mean, mm-hmm. or, or 70 yards, or 60 yards, or big plays. And so, uh, that's they're, they're gonna they're gonna stick with him being on a the nickel safeties and those type of guys. Sure. Would you know, your, your your coverage might be altered, but you're not your game. You're not gonna be altered from a game standpoint. Michael Parks, who are you putting your money on at right guard to start? I mean, for well, me, it's Andrew Kristoffic. That's who I'm going to put my sure. money on right now. Could that change? Sure. Uh, but I think he's going to get the first crack at it. Um, and I don't know that he's going to give it away, but we'll see. I mean, but that's who I put my money on. For for game one, that's where my money is as well. I just think Rocco Spindler has, uh, based on what we saw from Rocco late in the year, uh, based on what we saw, what what I've heard about Rocco, he's going to battle. Good. And it could be a situation where – you know, maybe one guy starts the year and another guy finishes it. I could see that, but uh, it, I all in these situations with an offensive line, I always go with the veteran. But the unique situation with it, with this is, yeah, you go with the veteran, but in this particular instance, you do have a new offensive line coach. Sure, and so he's going to have much more of an open mind about who's going to be that guy than maybe a, a, a another line another coach would. Right. So. um yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. So, but yeah, I, I think it'll be Christopher Stark, but I just don't know that it's a scare. I'm not as locked into it as you are, and I'm not as sold that he's gonna keep the job as you are. Now, I'm not saying he's gonna keep it. I that, yeah. I will I will say that I'm pretty darn sure he's gonna start the year there. I would not be shocked if there was a timeshare situation as well. Uh, you know, kind of how they did it when they won the Joe Moore Award, but I think he's gonna start there. Yeah. Army 72, what's your uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Your opinion and your understanding of Andy's status on linebacker Keyshawn Flowers. He seems to jump off the film to me as the quickest and most explosive linebacker I've ever seen, including SEC recruits. He said I've seen this year. Oh, okay. You're right. So I've seen this year. Like, that adds a little ooh. bit different flavor to it. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, right. He's definitely the most explosive on Notre Dame's board. I don't. I don't have a clue, honestly, folks. I wish I did. I don't have a clue where Notre Dame stands with Keyshawn Flowers. I know they love his athleticism. They went and saw him multiple times during the visit periods. I don't know how what he thinks about Notre Dame. No clue. We've never talked to him. Uh, what I know is the other part of it too, Vince. I believe he is from the um, the Maryland area. That's another okay. thing that gives me concern. Yes, he's from Archbishop Spalding. It's another thing that gives me pause. But honestly, I'll be honest. The Army standpoint is that what you're referring to? No, no, no. Maryland just they or? don't do well in that area. Oh, they don't, they don't do. They just for whatever reason they have a hard time. Gotcha. I Cam Hart's from there, and they've got. But 
they just have a hard time getting a lot gotcha. of traction with those schools, which is weird because it's a lot of Archbishop Spalding. You'd think that's a kid that's going to look at Notre Dame. They sure. just usually don't. I believe he's visiting next weekend. I believe okay. is when he's scheduled to visit. But honestly, when I, you know, when I see a kid's going to visit or Notre Dame's offered a kid, I, I look at his, you know, stats. I try to look for his bio. I look up the on three. I go to the on three page because you can see where he's ranked. And I'm like, seriously, like you're bringing in a kid that rivals an ESPN having ranked and he's like the three star and he's the 36 linebacker according to on three and 45 to two, four, seven. And you're like, well, they're reaching the bottom of the barrel on this one. Like that man is golden, man. It's recruiting now. Golden's doing problem. Then you pop on the film and you're like, well, can I take that back, please? Can I erase everything I just said in the last two minutes in my own head? Uh, this kid is explosive. He is very fast. He's very physical. The problem is he's small. He's like 6'1", 215. Uh, and that 215 might be stretching it a little bit, Vince, but he's – Gotcha. He is uh, – we'll pop on the film. He's an explosive guy, but he's powerful too. Like when he hits you, dudes go back. And he's got some of that, that, that really powerful coil like Tavon Coney had. So remember, Tavon wasn't really big coming out of high school either. Now, he put True. on weight at Notre Dame, and not all of it was like the best weight in his belly, but Tavon was a pretty jacked up dude, like chest and arms and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, but he wasn't a real big guy coming out of high school either. But this kid is really twitchy and explosive, and he's, he's fluid, he's loose, and he's a guy that brings a lot of, um, you know, a lot of power, he, a lot of coil. He's just not a real big guy. And you question, like, you know, how his fit inside, but man, he can freaking run. And if you're going to take a flyer on a kid, he's a kid to take a flyer on. And you just hope that you, Matt Bayless, can work a miracle. But if you're talking right. about just dudes can flat out run, this dude can flat out run. The reason I like Chris Cole more is because Chris Cole can also run, but he's six foot three, 210, 215 pounds, and he's going to be 235, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah. But this kid is really, really explosive athletically. I just, I don't know a lot about where Notre Dame stands with him, to be honest with you. So wish I did. We'll, we'll work on that, but I just don't. But the film part, Army, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. Travis Shuttlesworth, if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, who do you want your protected rivalries to be? And I, I'm sure you've dove into this, right? You know how that the new Big Ten. Oh yeah, dove into work. it. Yes, correct. I'm, far, I thought you okay. Said, I, we I didn't I dove just, into it in our show. We haven't talked about. No, no, no. I just yet. didn't know if you knew how all that was going to work. And I did that we yesterday, last okay, night. Cool. I finally did it. I hadn't had yep. time up until last night, but we talked was, about it on last night's show. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yep. So we, we had this discussion on last night's yeah. show actually. So I'll, I'll let you kind of go first. Uh, Thanks. Cause I kind of already put out there what I wanted to say about it. I'm assuming Michigan was in that conversation for you. It's not for me. Mine's nope. Purdue and Michigan state. That's the only two I care about Purdue and Michigan state. Mine was USC only. Well, I think that kind of is already a given. Well, and I still say, forget they're it has in the to Big be Ten protected because they're in yeah. the Big. If USC, uh, first of all, so so you throw USC in with those two. I, I still okay. forget that USC is going to the Big Ten. Well, and that's it's ridiculous, but um, but throw, that's the only one say, I would because you you have some some people have three right. Uh, some people do. Some people have none. Penn State has. Zero. Here's my thing. I've said this before. I don't really care about playing Purdue and Michigan State all the time. I would always play one of them every year. I think those are the well, two rivalries that Matt – let me just finish. Okay. Those are the two that – I know I interrupt you all the time. I'm being super hypocritical here, but just let me finish my thought first before you disagree with me. And know I'm what not disagree with, with you. I was going to give you um, more information. Uh, Michigan State and Purdue are two that I've always said. Uh, yeah, those are teams I would always play one of them every year if I'm scheduling Notre Dame as an independent. That, th- those well, are there the you two, go. Okay. Right? 
And so I've always said I want to play one of those two every year. Those sure. are the Big Ten rivalries that I've only ever cared about. I've never cared about the Michigan rivalry. I hate Michigan. I despise Michigan. I don't want to give Michigan the potential clout exactly. of beating Notre Dame. I just uh, and I don't get a lot out of beating them because I just I hate them and and you know whatever the case may be. I've always respected the the Michigan State series because I know the history of Michigan State was one of those teams that had Notre Dame's back when they were trying to get into the Big Ten. They were one of the ones pushing back against Michigan's anti-Catholic bigotry and all those type of things back in the day when they were trying to get in. And I've always respected the Purdue series of the Big Ten rivalries. Those are the only two that I would care about on top of USC. And you can do up to three, right? Didn't I see it? It's from zero to three. Well, you can put as many as you wanted on there. The most that they ended up giving out was three. Okay, because I saw some – like Penn State has none. Right. Which I thought was silly. Iowa has three. Yeah. But that means Penn State didn't ask for any. Like that, gotcha. so that's the way they did it. So you got to submit who do you want to play? If both teams did it, then you got it. Like that seems to be how it I think it's kind out. of a it, so, so Penn State literally didn't ask for anybody. That's the, or nobody reciprocated and said gotcha. they wanted Penn State. Uh, Ohio State has one, it's Michigan. That's it. And that's, I mean, that's really only it. I mean, if sure. So I mean, but here's I think the it's thing. I think it's but I think it's chicken crap that those two teams, both Penn State and Ohio State, didn't both want to play each other. I think that's chicken crap. I get so I'm like the how's Penn State and Maryland not a protected rivalry? Like that I'm just I'm just this is the reason I hate the Big Ten. I freaking hate the Big Ten so much. Like well, Rutgers and Maryland deal, is a is a rivalry they're gonna protect. Like who the freaking how's that a rivalry? Does, does until yesterday, Vince, did you have any clue that freaking Maryland and Rutgers were a rivalry? Nope. I, I usually forget they're part of the Big Ten, if I'm being yeah. honest with you. So That's stupid. Here, here's the deal. The reason I only pick USC, okay? There's there's a reason. Because the way the Big Ten is doing their scheduling, you play every single team in the Big Ten once every two years. I get that. And I don't want to play all those other teams every year. So, like, if Purdue, Michigan State, you're still going to play them every other year. So why protect it and play them every year? That's That's silly. Because you, because to me, I can't, I think there's zero point in being in a conference if you're not going to play some teams every year. I think it doesn't help you if you don't know who you're going to play. That should be part of the part of the benefit of being in a conference is you know we got to prepare for and recruit against and beat these teams. The more teams that you can add to your schedule that you know every year we play them, we're going to get them. We at least know what we can do against them. The better it is for you. I don't think it's I think it's silly to only have. Like you're getting rid of divisions. I hate this notion of getting rid of divisions. I mean, oh, I don't. To, to me, the divisions it, it just in the big t- number terrible. I don't care about. It. Then make the, the divisions better. But to me, every year, as much as you dislike the Big Ten, you know you're going to get Ohio State, Michigan. You know you're going to get Ohio State, Penn State. You know you're going to get Michigan, Michigan State. You know you're going to get Ohio State, Michigan State. You know you're going to get Penn State, Michigan State. You know you're going to get Iowa, Wisconsin. Right. So there's at least some games you can somewhat look forward to. So fix the divisions, make the divisions better. But the the I like the fact that every year you know you're going to play these four or five teams every year. I think there's value to that. I think it's gone too far where you know you've got nine teams, you're playing the same nine teams every year. I don't necessarily love that. I like the better when conferences were only eight nine teams and you had seven teams and you had to play more out of conference games. But to me, I just. I want at least three games in this model that I know every year we're going to play them here or there. We know there's some consistency to it. So that's what I would rather do. And again, those are two rivalries that I've always oh, I get it. appreciated they, and respected. They would have been first on my list. I just don't want to play them every year. So I, it's just not the way I would do it. I, USC would be the only one that I would protect. 
So, because I'm going to play all of those teams, I'm going to play them all. So I understand that, Vince. Yeah. But the 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 point is, is you're now run the risk of of putting yourself in the hands of the Big Ten to say they're not going to screw you and give you what's the rule about home and away, right? Like, so every time you play Michigan State, they're going to make you go to East Lansing, you know, or every time you no, play, you know what I mean? So like, there needs to be some level within a four year span. You play home and away. They, yeah, they already so said that. So it's four already, years it's you're going to play Michigan State. I just first of all, I don't go to the Big Ten anyway. Well, no, but I that, think I think that's the, the the, not having thing. more teams that you're you know you're going to play to me does not help you as a program. It doesn't. You need to have some consistency to who you're going to play every year, and that's I why think that's you something don't helps you. Other people in the chat from last night and today, they're like, "Well, the protected rivalry should be you know Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State." No, why would you do that? Because then what? Why would you not have USC on there? Well, and and USC, okay, fine, yeah, and USC. Those four, why would you play all four of those teams every single year? That's dumb because what is the incentive then for your three non-conference games? One of those is going to be Navy. So now you have two other non-conference games. Why would you go out? Why would you go out and schedule, you know, a top SEC, a top Big 12, whatever the case may be? What's the point? Because you're going to play those four top teams every single year. Which That's is silly. why those teams are not part of my protected class. Right. I'm when you I think made of a, a rivalry, I'm looking yeah. at it from there's some tradition to that rivalry. Everybody talks about Michigan and Ohio and Michigan and Notre Dame are like, oh, it's a great rivalry. Is it right? Is it really like okay, maybe in the 80s, but that's not a rivalry that has a lot of length to it, especially compared to Purdue and and Michigan State. I mean, if you just look at the numbers. Notre Dame has played Purdue 85 times. Mm-hmm. They've played Michigan State 77 times. They've played Michigan, what, 43 times. Because Michigan refused to play them for decades. I was going to say, most of those most of those games were back in the 18, early 1900s. Right. They've too. played 42 times. And the first, this is what's funny when Michigan fans are like, oh, we – we dominate that series. I'm like, oh, sure. If you th- do things that, that happened before my great-grandfather was alive, yeah, sure. You dominated that series. Good good on you. Yeah, they won every game from 1887 to 1908. Then Notre Dame beat them in 1909, and then Michigan State Michigan stopped playing them. <laughs> then they played again in World War II, during World War II because they just needed to play each other. They played a home-and-home home then, or they played two games then. And then they didn't play each other again until the year I was born, 1978. So they went 33 years without playing, then another 35 years without playing, and then they started to play each other somewhat regularly in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And and uh, I just don't care about that series. I don't respect Michigan. I don't like Michigan. I have zero desire to play Michigan. I have zero desire to give Michigan that that absolutely. To say, oh, we're a rival with Notre Dame. No, you're not, because we don't care about you. Uh, that's how I look at rivalry it. rivalry goes both ways. Right. I don't, we don't care right. about you. That's how I view Michigan. I don't. I don't care. You go play Michigan State. You go play Ohio State. That's your rivalries. We're not your rival. We've played Purdue almost twice as many times as you. We've played Michigan State way more than we've played you. They're not the anti-Catholic bigots that kept us out of the Big Ten multiple times, right? And so we we you screwed us, so we went out and on our own became the premier program in college football for decades. Now you want to, to tap into that now that, now that we're a big-time program. Screw you. That's basically how I've always viewed Michigan. Yep. And that's why I've never respected Michigan. And so to me, geographically, it makes a lot of sense to play Purdue. Respect, it makes a lot of sense to play Michigan State. 
That's where I'm coming from. I could not, I could not care less about whether or not Notre Dame plays Michigan. Don't no, care. me either. Oh, Don't me care either. Yeah. And I yep. desperately with everything that I have in myself, do not want to be in the big 10. For yeah. All of the reasons that you just said, I don't want to yeah. have anything to do with the Big Ten. So, we'll answer the question, but I hope that never comes to fruition. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And Antoine, if you're going to have a, co- a comeback, make something better than what you're coming back with because you're not even responding to what I actually said. <laughs> so, when you actually respond to what I actually said, then I will engage you in the conversation. But at least respond to what I've said. But, yeah, I... There, some of these things too with the Big Ten, Vince is it's just kind of like, when does this change in two years when they add two more teams, or in a year when they add two more teams, or are those teams just going to Washington and Oregon are just their own rivals, and then they just add two more teams? Right. That's the other part. And can and when you do expand to eighteen to twenty teams, are you still going to tell me you're I'm going to be able to play X number of teams every year, every other year when you add four more teams in a league? How does that become mathematically possible? Mm-hmm. That's the other part of it. So, uh, you know, I just – this is all going to get thr- sh- shooken up in a couple years anyway if the Big Ten expands to 20, which is what they're trying to do, correct? That's true. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, ha- ha- I mean, seriously, how do you how do you make that work if they start – if they add more – like, you can make it work Stupid. now. Too big. Right. What they need to do is go to, okay, we're up 20 teams. We have an Eastern division or whatever division, then this division, and then, you know – like what's going to end up happening, Vince, or at least what I think should happen is these two conferences get so big that they end up just kind of then splitting the conferences up mm-hmm. into some of the old divisions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like end up being hey, we're up to 24 names, teams. Yeah. yeah. We're up right. to 24 teams now. So we're going to split them into three divisions of eight teams. You basically just have three conferences. Uh, you have the, th- you have the conferences of the 1980s all over again right they're just now under two umbrella of two leagues and it's just stupid it's just stupid also so it's like this is what's so dumb how about we just like if if somebody said what 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 if you could like be conference you know you could be commissioner of you you were football king for became football king and i could make whatever decisions i would want i'd say okay every tv deal that we sign this is the one model that i would take from everybody's wants oh let's make college football like the nfl that's stupid i don't want to be the nfl Except for one thing, whatever TV deals we sign with ESPN or CBS or NBC or whatever, it all goes to the a pot that gets broken up by this amount to power five teams and this amount to group of five teams. Notre Dame will then count as a power five team. And so from a TV revenue standpoint, yes, we have these 60 whatever power fives. We're going to have them in smaller conferences. We're going to go back to the Southwest Conference. We're going to go back to the Big 8. We're going to go back to the original Big 10. We're going to bring the Big East back. We're going to bring the ACC back to what it was. We're going to have the SEC smaller. And then we're going to go back to – but because you're all making money anyway. You're all making the same amount of money anyway. So there's no need for you to be part of the SEC if you're Arkansas. The only reason you went to the SEC anyway was for money. The only reason Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC is for money. So go back, put Texas back in the Southwest Conference – Put Oklahoma back in the Big Eight. Why didn't Nebraska go to the Big Ten, Vince? What's the what's the reason? That's it. So we're going to put them back in the Big Eight. We're going to bring back those rivalries. We're going to put we're going to do all the stuff. USC, you don't need to worry about this because you're going to make the same amount of money anyway, whether you're in the Pac Eight or the Pac Ten or the Big Ten. And we can go back to making some common freaking sense. Hmm. And then now all your non-football sports are in much more smart, not stupid 
conferences that make way more sense geographically. It takes far less wear and tear on your non-football. Because here's the thing. For football, it doesn't matter. You travel six times a year. That's it in the regular season. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes not even that many. And then sometimes, like, if you're like a USC and you play UCLA every year, one year one of you is just driving on a bus. Right. Right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. Now, but with your other sports, they got to travel a lot more. Oh, yeah. So you're telling me I don't give a rip about the wear and tear and the emotional and physical and academic well-being of my other students because of the football money we're making. All right, so let's go back to where we're going to we're gonna bring these 65 teams into a division and maybe kick some of them out, right? I mean, okay, cool. I'm, I don't care about that. But whatever, everybody's going to make the same amount of money because we're going we're gonna to sign a deal as one entity. I think that's one of the first things that would happen if I got rid of the NCAA and it's the Driscoll – football you know league first thing we're doing if you're part of this we're going to sign all these big deals with cbs and nbc and whatever the case may be but everybody gets paid to, it's the it's a rev share just like the professional football leagues in that regard and then i'm going back to the old conferences right and if the nc because here's what the thing when the some said well hey we, we want to be an independent again right like we don't want to be in a conference again we want to go back to being an independent why because the only reason we joined the big 10 anyway penn state is because of the TV revenue. We want to go back to being an independent. Or maybe they would go back to the Big East. Whatever the case may be, that to me would be the best thing to do that gets rid of all the stupidity of these giant conferences. And why is USC in a league? Like how far? Here, hold on a second, Vince. Let me look this up. Let's go to Los Angeles to Columbus distance and see how much this is. All right. Why is USC in a conference with a team that is 2,200 miles away from them. And that's just Ohio State. As I say, what about Rutgers? Right, right. What's Piscataway? Isn't, aren't they in Piscataway? Isn't <laughs> yeah. that where Rutgers is, right? Yeah. Uh, so let, let's look at that one. Why is USC in a conference with a team that is 27, 2,700 miles away from them? This is stupid. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. And so that, that would fix it. And that would that's that's why I'm one hope is if they do get rid of the NCAA and college football falls under sort of one umbrella of power five, that's one of my hopes is that conferences lose their power from a TV negotiating standpoint. Now I know right now it's protected. I believe there's some like Supreme Court decisions and all that that protects that that opened up the opportunity for them to negotiate on their own. It used to be where that was the case. Uh, where you know the NCAA would keep a lot of that money, but if I'm running it like a professional league from a, a, a TV business standpoint, we're going to still care about academics and all that. But just from a TV standpoint, we're going to run it more like a business, and then we're going to give this money. We're going to negotiate all of you. We're going to give you whatever percentage we need to give you. We just need we just need the money we need to hire people and run all of this, right? Then and we don't need it to to to. We don't need this TV revenue to pay for like for all these other sports. It's just this is for college football, college basketball. We're going to break it up evenly like a rev share. That's what I would do. And then you guys can work out your own deals for maybe, you know, start your own this, start your own that. And that's how you can make more money and, and those type of things. But from a TV deal contract, we're breaking it up all even. I think that would allow us to go back to some sanity in college sports. There'd be have to be some laws passed and all that other kind of stuff. And you'd have to get away from the NCAA. But that's something I would absolutely look for, in my opinion. 
Super chat from, not super chat, excuse me, mailbag question from Nathan. Is Notre Dame still very much in the mix for Caleb Beasley? Yes, absolutely. He's got an official visit scheduled for September. <clears throat> uh, Notre Dame is very much a player for that one. So, yes, they are still in the mix for that. Irish Mills 540. Which recruit gives Notre Dame's future the best chance of changing the program in terms of wins and losses, recruiting, overall program growth? A, CJ Carr. B, Justin Scott. C, Elijah Rushing, or D, Cam Williams? This is an easy one, isn't it? It's CJ Carr. Yeah, yeah. And that's just yeah. because of the nature of the position right. and the nature of the fact that he is also the lead recruiter for Notre Dame in the 24 class as well, and the 25 yeah. class for that matter. I mean, yeah. he's he's recruiting his butt off, and he's the quarterback. And, you know, just like in games, when you are talking about a game, quarterback gets way too much credit and also way too much blame when they lose. Right. And so yeah. it's the quarterback position period. Yeah. Offensive players want to play with it. There's a reason that Notre Dame has one of the best offensive recruiting classes in the class of 24 It's because of CJ Carr. Right. They want to play with a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's the nature of the position Vince, and it's not that those guys aren't important. It's not. I mean, Justin Scott's a very important recruit. Elijah Rushing would be huge to pick up. It's just the nature of quarterback and the aspect of that this has been such a problem position for Notre Dame for so long. That's the other part of it, too, is a quarterback can impact. I mean, look, put it like this. You have a much better shot of a big-time five-star defensive lineman wanting to play with a big-time quarterback than you have of a big-time quarterback deciding, I'm going to go play somewhere where this defensive tackle is signed. Mm -hmm. This is the nature of it. Receivers aren't going to say, hey, man, I want to go play with that guy. You know, who are you talking about? Yeah, that defensive tackle. No, they want to go play with the quarterback. Offensive linemen want to protect the quarterback. Defensive players want to say, that's my dude. It's just the nature of the position. And and I don't think it's a coincidence that Notre Dame is recruiting as well as it is on offense right now. I think you said this the other day, Vince, when we were talking about it. It's uh, Maybe it was Sean. I forget who it was. But it was like, hey, it's not a coincidence that Notre Dame is killing an offensive recruiting ever since C.J. Carr committed. Right. Just think about who has signed – who's committed to Notre Dame since C.J. Carr – I believe Braylon James is the only receiver Notre Dame had in the class in 2023 when CJ Carr committed. I think he was the only one. So they've signed Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, Caleb Smith, Cam Williams, because um, Cam Williams committed shortly after. Actually, Cam Williams committed before most of the 23 receivers committed to Notre Dame, I believe. He's been in the at class least for a long believe. time. I'm trying to remember when he actually publicly committed. But Cam was basically committed to Notre Dame almost immediately. Yeah, June 29th is when Cam committed to Notre Dame. June 29th, so we're, we're coming up on almost a year when he committed. And and Jaden Greathouse was the second receiver. He committed July 15th. So Cam committed before all of last year's receivers, all of this year's receivers, before Jack Larson. And why did a lot of those guys pick Notre Dame? Before Jeremiah Love, before all of them. Why? C.J. Carr has a big role in that. It's not the only reason, but it's a big reason. Why? So... Um, if Justin Scott would have committed a year ago, which I wish he would have, mm-hmm. would it have an impact? Sure, it'd have an impact, but it's not going to have the kind of impact that a guy like CJ Carr can have. No. That, nope. that would be my two cents on that one. So, yep. So, here, this is a, a silly comment. I'm sorry, Archer. Indy can't be the only one who gets to play games across the country if you're making all the other teams play regional conferences. Got to be consistent and make Notre Dame do the same. Notre Dame does mostly play regional teams. You can play whoever you want in the non-conference. We're not talking about football here. Notre Dame has been mostly in a regional conference most of its existence when it comes to sports. Big it was East a mostly regional ACC. conference in the Big East, and it's a mostly regional conference in the ACC. 
they're all in the same all the teams that are in plays are in the same time zone exactly and that's the difference no, so, somebody was making right. an argument that well miami's 1300 you know miles away but they're in the same time zone it's that's comp- and that's and that's one team right 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 but right, right. you're talking about every team every team in the big in the big 10 ohio usc and you should have to travel to play over thousands of miles you know, notre dame hey guys notre dame to pit is a five-hour drive vince and i could literally start this finish this show on a friday if notre dame's playing at pit and be in an arriving pit in a car mm-hmm. in time to go have dinner at a restaurant before it closes yeah. like seriously yeah that's that's the that's there's a lot of that in this guy. Mm-hmm. If Notre Dame was, you know, you look at Michigan or the Ohio State and all the team, yeah, they got to occasionally travel over to New Jersey and all that kind of stuff. Literally every game, and it, we're not, ta- but we're not talking about football. It's not football. Exactly. What did I say was the problem? It's not that USC's football team has to make that trip. We said very clearly this isn't a big deal for football teams because you only got to make five trips a year. It's the other sports. That this completely it's screws cross country. Over. It's tennis. It, it's, yes, you know, exactly. All of those other sports. Yeah. So uh, to to say, well, only no. Every team in the country can fly across the country if they want to. It's called a non conference game. But you don't have to play the same teams non conference in every sport. You just do it for football. So if Ohio State wants to go play in Arizona every year and play in California every year and play in Washington every year or go to Hawaii or play in Venezuela or play in Japan, or play in Russia, or play in Britain, or wherever the else they want to freaking play, they can do that. It's called a non-conference game. Schedule them all you want. Go for it. But you're asking these teams to do this every single week and every single road game for the non-football sports. And again, football is played on the weekends. They leave on a Friday. That's not the case for everything else. Basketball team is gone for an entire week because they're making their East Coast swing. Right, that's that's a lot to ask of these student athletes. Right, right. I don't care Baseball, about football. Softball. It's not football's not the pro- the yeah. big problem here. It's stupid that USC and UCLA would be in those conferences. Hey, newsflash, Archer, uh, you get to play one of those Pac-12 teams at the end of every season. Number one, number two, you can schedule USC every year if you want to, and UCLA every year if you want to as a non-conference game. Go at it, have at it, have fun with that. But it shouldn't be where they're part of the same league. And you only have to play those teams. And you're looking at it from a Big Ten standpoint. Try looking at it from a USC standpoint. Where every time they get on the road, they got to travel. Fa- These are long flights. Forget yeah. drives. You know, I'm sorry. That's not good for these young people. And yeah, that's and the and angle. The fact that anybody and to to say, in USC or UCLA thinks this is a good idea from a well-being standpoint. They don't. The but they don't athletes. care, Vince. Oh, I know. And it, it's just, they don't it's, care. It is so blatantly obvious yeah. that they don't care yeah you know what i mean like you could almost right. hide it with some of these other teams coming into conferences and things like that but the uc usc ucla thing is just it's ridiculous yes. and like people point to a team here a team there number one notre dame doesn't play miami very often number one and number two you can pick a team or two you guys don't understand this there's isn't this one team isn't this one team uh they're all that way for USC and UCLA. Right, right. And our problem isn't what it does to the Big Ten teams. They only have to make that trip like once. Right. We're talking about That's... for what it does for the USC and UCLA kids. They have to do it every single time they go play a road game. Right. It's thousands of miles away, a different time zone, completely jacks that up. 
And for football, they can live with it. For the others, you know, that, here, here's the question. How would you feel if USC and UCLA only had joined the Big Ten for football? Would that be more acceptable? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. Well, no, I, let me, I would hate it from a tradition standpoint. Sure. But I wouldn't be having the beefs that I have right now. None at all. Because, again, football, you go one, you go, you, you play one day a week. Now, what I would say is I would want the league to be careful about, like, not having them on short turnarounds for travel. Like, look, if if they play a road game on a Saturday, don't have them go play a Friday night, Thursday night road game uh, the next week as well, right? So, like, if Which they're going to play, like, reasonable. a Friday, yeah. you know, because I know there's some talk of, like, you know, playing some Thursday games, some Friday games, whatever. Uh, some of these teams have had, like, Sunday, Monday games on Labor Day. Just make sure you're smart about what you sandwich around it. That would be my only only ask. Sure. Because in in one year, like every other year, those LA teams are going to have a really short trip at least every other year. So there will right? be four times that you're leaving right. the time that zone particular to go year. play. Correct. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and is it even – I mean, because it would be, what, nine conference games, you're, most years playing four uh, road, and then that one year – so it may only be like three or four. Yeah, because you're, you're, you'd have your other non-conference. You, hey, look, we're going to play uh, Stanford in our non-conference on the road this year. I mean, you know what I mean? Something, something like that. Something close. Yeah. So it's only three, four times, maybe five at the most, where you're actually doing that travel. Sure. So I'd have no problem with that. Oh well, from a from a from the aspect of what we're arguing about here, right? From the right? well-being of the other, from the Olympic sports, is correct? What they call them right from the correct. Other sports. I would hate it from a tradition standpoint. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't like the fact like that you're ripping all those rivalries school. away. Yeah. And like, I hate the fact that Nebraska joined the big 10. It's not, it's not ideal travel, but I mean, they're playing in Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Those are, those aren't, those aren't as bad. But when you start getting a conference, we have one team in Piscataway, New Jersey, and, the, and two other teams in Los Angeles. It's like, what are we doing here? That's crazy. Like, this is silly. So no, I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it. If if it was if it was just for football, right. I wouldn't. From none of this other stuff we just said, none of that would matter to me. It wouldn't matter as much to me. I would care. I care about it because it, it's it's silly. Number one that they're doing this. I think it's silly that like Arkansas is in the SEC. They're they're not in the eastern part of the country, guys. Have anyone ever looked at a map? Is there anything <laughs> southeastern about Missouri? Anything at all? Right. I mean, Texas is southeast of what? Alaska or Washington, <laughs> Oregon. Right, like they're in the southeastern conference. The Big Ten has sixteen teams. Like we just we've lost all sanity. Like words mean nothing anymore in, right. in sports when it comes to money. I just let's who cares what this word actually means. We're just going to do this anyway because it's because we're going to get paid. I'm just right. how many people do you that? think you could like uh, you could go out on the street and interview who claim they're sports fans and would know what SEC even means at this point? <laughs> I'm true. serious. I'm I'm yeah. serious. Yeah, you know. And what right. what what are they southeastern of? Right, you know what I mean. Right. Like seriously, exactly. You know? Right. <laughs> so I mean, like the ACC, like you could look at it and say at least like okay, they're all kind of on the that East Coast. Right? Like okay, Pittsburgh's a few hours away from the ocean, but okay, but they're on the Atlantic. They're all kind of like right there. You know what I mean? And like Notre Dame was the one that didn't make as much sense, and it doesn't make as much sense. But even there, it's like it's not that far away. Yeah, you know it what I mean. Makes a lot like, more sense than. Uh, Rutgers being in the Big Ten and Missouri being in the SEC. Right. I mean, so. But, yeah, no, if if you made it a football-only thing, Archer, I'd have less of an issue. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I'd have less, less of an issue. But, again, this all gets solved if we just put them – if we put them into sort of this separate the Power Five out, and that's just ultimately what this is going to lead to, and then start negotiating deals as one entity 
and then everybody gets the same amount, and then we can kind of go back to conferences making more sense. Yeah. And then you're going to spend a lot less money on travel. If teams want to be independent, they can be independent. So much money on travel, you know, Brian. Like I, so do you think when they're taking all this money from the Big Ten, do you think they realize how much money they're going to be spending on travel? They have proposals and stuff like that that they look at, and and you know, and I mean, think about here's what baseball and softball team. They got to play everybody in the conference. Like that's they play fifty games a year. That's a man. I, I don't know. It's just nuts to me. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, it, uh, it's a, it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating, but, um, yeah, that's my soapbox thing for the day. Yeah. For today. Yeah. But that's going to do it, Vince. If somebody said everybody go to independent, but see, I don't, I don't like that either. Like one of the great things about college football is the rivalries. And this is Mm -hmm. why I somewhat disagreed with your, your notion of if you're going to join a conference, I don't want all my rivals being out of conference. I don't want to have to play certain teams out of conference to have rivalries. I like rivalries. I just, I just, you know, I, I like the notion of, you know, Michigan. Like, I, so I don't know if this is true, Vince. You've studied it more. Are they talking about Ohio State and Michigan might not be last game of the year all the time now? Has that been something that's been? I proposed? haven't seen that, but I did think. I do think I heard that. From Archer and Antoine, you guys back. can help us out. Have you guys heard this? That that. that like to me, there's just some things like you know, are we just going to strip everything that made right. us love this game? Rivalries away? are amazing in college football. Yeah, period. They're I, they're <laughs> what make football yeah. to me. That's what the passion comes from. It's it's just yeah. you know, it's like do you, who do you like? Do you love Ohio State more than you hate Michigan? So we actually had a question yesterday on the show, and I, I'm I'm interested to get your take on this. I know we want to get out of here, but somebody I'm, asked, I'm good. I'm I'm having fun talking. We just run out yeah. of questions. Somebody somebody asked the question. How would you feel if, for example, you were a Michigan fan, okay, and you played Ohio State in the last game of this year, eleven and zero? Both teams are eleven and zero, okay. You go and you play them in the last game of the season. Ohio State beats you. Then you got to play them again in the Big Ten championship, and you mm-hmm. lose again. You lose twice to yeah, your we were rival. Talking about that, you and I were to, talking about that yesterday. Was that was that you and me? Mm-hmm. Twice to your rival, yeah. man. Like that would yeah. be gut wrenching. There would be years where that would happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Man. Yeah, that's definitely going to um, happen. But to me, I think a lot of times – I mean, how many times have we seen Ohio State and Michigan play each other and then the response is, well, that's – here's a great example. Ohio State last year. What did a lot of Ohio State fans complain about? Well, was the weather was bad. It was this, that, and the other thing. It was, you know, that's why we lost. Well, hey, you get your shot to prove – you know, put up yeah. or shut up in a week because you're playing in an indoor stadium. <laughs> one week. You're playing, in, you're playing in Detroit. You're playing in Indianapolis, right. right? You know, so, hey, well, you just had that one better day. Well, okay, fine. Uh, you get your shot at a rematch now. I don't necessarily love that, but that's why I don't like the makeup of the new division. The problem isn't where Ohio State and Michigan is playing. It's the fact that you got you idiots got rid of divisions. That's <laughs> why it's stupid. Right. If Because like, now it's like when, when Michigan beats Ohio State, you're almost punishing them for beating Ohio State because now they got to go play Ohio State again. And it's just like we're, we're cheapening it. Where, hey, look, yeah, you're playing Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. Well, yeah, that's our reward for beating Ohio State. Yeah, or you know, Ohio State, you got to go beat Northwestern. That's lame. You no, know, no, it's not lame because we had to beat Penn State and Michigan to get here. That's yeah. our reward for beating Michigan is we get to go play Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. So uh, that that yeah. to me is more the issue. Is like, hey, here's a thought: actually have real divisions, and don't be stupid, and don't be greedy, and right. don't go out and have your Big Ten have 16, 18, 20 teams in it, right? Well, but see, then we can't get this. There's only one argument for expansion of conferences. There's only one. It's money. Oh, this is no all doubt. about money. Name me one reason why 
you need a big conference of 12, 14, 16, 18 teams other than it's because the TV t- companies will give you more money. Yeah. Give me one reason why. Anybody in the chat, give me one reason why you expand conferences and make conferences bigger other than it's you're going to make more money from TV deals. There's no other reason to do it. Nope. And so everything that I grew up loving about the game, and I know some people don't care and younger people don't care about this, but for me, I care, and it's my show, so I'm going to talk about it because I care about it. <laughs> but everything that I grew up loving about, almost everything I grew up loving about the sport is being just ripped away from us in a short period of time. Conferences, conferences that we, we had passion for, rivalries that I had passion for. You know, there was a geographic nature to – to these things like, you know, Hey, these big 12, big eight and S Southwest conference teams would kind of battle out during the regular season. And then you get to go chance to go prove yourself against Notre Dame in a bowl game or against Penn state in a bowl game, wherever the case may be. And, and there was, there was some, yeah, Hey, the, the big 10, they bat beat each other up all year. And then you get a chance in the postseason of bowl games to go, you know, cause bowl games don't mean Jack anymore. Rivalries are becoming less and less important anymore. You know, being a, a conference champ, like I, I grew up in an era where I loved watching Ohio State, Michigan as a fan sure. because whoever won it was most likely going to go to the Rose Bowl. And that was honestly the bigger goal. I mean, like, and that was one of the reasons Bo Schembechler had such a, a a bad record in the Rose Bowl from, from what I've been told by people that study is because the objective was so much about beating Ohio State that the Rose Bowl was kind of like, well, you've already accomplished your team's goals this year. And the Rose Bowl was kind of like a consolation prize. But like for Ohio State, I was so disgusted by it last year. When you start hearing these rumblings coming out of Ohio State, like, yeah, we'd probably pass on going to the Rose Bowl. Are you serious? Yeah, terrible. Like, is this where we are now? The Rose Bowl means nothing to you anymore? And I don't blame – at first I was mad at Ohio State, but after that I was like, but you know what? Why should they care about playing in the Rose Bowl again? Because it doesn't mean anything anymore. It means nothing. And we've completely taken, taken that away because now if you're Ohio State, the only thing that matters is – and that's why I've said the, the ultimate expansion of the play, postseason should not be an expanded playoff. It should be going back to the old bowl system and then picking your final four after the bowl games. Like now bowls matter again. Rivalries matter again. Regular season matters again. And it just – we've ripped it all away, man. And, and, you know, kids are opting out of bowl games now. It's like really – I, mean, I, I understand I it so much, but I don't want, but I understand it. I get it. No, I, my mind decided to play it. in a game that everybody else that yeah. matters tells them it doesn't matter. Sure. Agents tell them it doesn't matter. ESPN tells them it doesn't matter. And they're right. I, it, it, they don't matter right now. And that's because the of the way that yeah. we have explained, Oh, it, it doesn't matter if you're not playing for a championship. Really? Right. The sugar right. bowl doesn't matter. The Rose bowl doesn't matter. The orange bowl doesn't matter unless it's a playoff game. Like what, what are we doing to this game that we all love? It's it, and it's all it's all money, all it's all it. about money, and and that's what sickens me about it. We're we're, cr- we're destroying all what made this game great. Now listen, when the game was great, there was a lot of flaws in the system. Sure, where the NCAA was making boatloads of money and the players weren't even getting their full cost of tuition covered. Right, so 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 I'm understand, but see, here's the thing: these TV revenue deals aren't addressing that. They're not taking the $80 million of the year and saying, Hey, we're going to give the players half of that. They're not doing that. It's going to the school. When Notre Dame signs a huge TV deal, guess what? That's not all going to the athletic program. That's going to go to fund all these other things that they're doing on campus. Let's be real about that. Sure. Right. So those things are broken. That part needed to be fixed. The transfer process pre the portal opening up was broken and needed to be fixed. There was a lot of those things that needed to be fixed, but the game was great. And so what you've done is 
you've now used those things as an excuse to make more money cheap in the game, but none of it's really flowing back to the players. If we're being honest about it, it's not flowing back to the players. It's all lip service. And, and, and we're expecting ESPN to be the arbiters of truth and justice. And from a reporting standpoint, when they're the primary driver of all this bull crap. Right. So, so they're going to run stories that are going to make what they're doing in TV bad and wrong and ex- exploitative. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. It's like having a branch of government that's like making like CNN and Fox News like branches of the government. And like they're reporting on the people that pay them money to have jobs. You know what they're not going to do? Go out and find dirt on the people that pay them their money and who de- who their live- livelihood depends on, right? It's like if Notre Dame paid us, all of our money came from Notre Dame, they would want to tell us what we can and can't do. And it would be oh, silly yeah. for us to go out there and write articles saying things that we don't like about, oh, we, we're, we would become the hype men for Notre Dame. I'm, I would never do that. I'm just making a point, right? Right. Well, that's what ESPN's news division is. You're not going to go out and write articles about how these TV deals are destroying everything we love about football because you're the freaking ones making the TV deals, right? And so it's just the whole thing is broken. And we're saying, well, like, you know, well, the players weren't getting this. Well, they're still not. So what is all this TV money done other than line the pockets of a few people, right? And so I just, I get, I get sick of it. I get, I really get sick of it. I, I do. And and this, the whole thing makes me disgusted because everything that I grew up loving is just piece by piece being ripped away and no one's given me good reasons for it other than just, ah, we're getting paid. I will do this as long as you pay us enough, you know, like, wh- like Texas, like th- what, what's the point of going to the SEC? Give me one good reason other than they're getting paid a lot of money that, that, that is going to benefit the student athletes at Texas from being in the SEC. I mean, one good reason why it's good for the student athletes to be in the SEC. Crickets. Exactly. Give me one good reason why it's good for student athletes for USC to be in the Big Ten. Give me one. You can't find one. You can't. And that's what disgusts me about the whole thing. And, um, yeah. So that that's my that's my rant. And that's why I wish you know like if if I found out, you know, Elon Musk, you know, left all his money for me, like, you know what I mean? That I would I would use all that to fix the things that I'm passionate about and that's something I'm passionate about. I'd say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to buy all this. We're going to be one under, under one umbrella. And if you don't want to be part of it, then you can go join all the NCAA teams playing for pennies on the CW network." Okay? But this is what we're doing. And that's what I would do. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a sad way to end the show, Vince. But uh, it, it is it is just the direction we're going. Yeah, you know? and that's why every time we talk about you know what if Notre Dame was like the whole premise of your question about who would you want your rivals to be in the Big Ten just kind of angered me because I don't want to talk about being in the Big Ten. Right. I don't want to be in the Big Ten. You know, um, it just it just I don't like it. It frustrates me. But all right, we're going to end it on that note, everybody. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed can we that. talk about something fun real quick before we go? Like, is there something happy about Notre Dame's going to have one of the best cornerback tandems of college football this year? How about that? Can we sure talk about that we can again? Talk about the so, USC women's volleyball team. That's usually a fun topic to talk about. It's right here. Okay. Joseph. 
All right. I think he was kind of making a different point, but whatevs. I, I know. I'm making a joke. All right. Uh, oh, somebody <laughs> asks, does the CW network still exist? I only know it exists because there was a report a month ago saying that they were in the go- that they were one of the, the networks that the Pac-12 was in negotiations oh, with. Poor Pac-12. I'm like, That's seriously? First of all, the CW is a still a thing. I had the same reaction. Number two is, isn't that like all the teeny bopper shows? Yeah. Right, like, like uh, yeah, I don't know any of them, but I know exactly what you're talking about, like the oh, Teen Wolf and gracious. all that kind of crap. Oh goodness gracious! All right, Here, well, here's actually, and if you need to go, Vince, you can go, but I'm gonna, I want to answer this question. Okay, uh, from Ben Tarnowski. Well, Ben asks if college football ever did branch off the NCAA. Do you think it would still be institution affiliated, or would it be independent from schools? it's it's going to be hard. I know that there's a push for people to try to take it away from the schools. I think that would be a mistake. I am all for the NCAA. I feel this, Vince, and if you're going to stay, I'd like you to, to address this. I'm curious your thoughts on it. I would like for the NCAA to go away, but I would like it to be replaced by another governing body. Sure. It's kind of like, you know, uh, that would be a political conversation. But if you're going to tell me, hey, we want to get rid of something, and you need to tell me, okay, then gotta, cool. Then right. what are we going to do to replace it with? Right. Right. And, Agreed. And so to me, I want to keep these schools. So I, I think the, the pageantry, the pride of you are a student athlete. I believe in amateurism. I just don't believe in amateurism in the manner in which the NCAA defined amateurism because it wasn't about sure. amateurism. It was about, we don't want you to have any money. We want to get all the money. We, and we want right? to have the power over you. Right. Because money, the commissioners and the presidents. Power. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, I would still want them to very much be associated with the conferences. It's just, I think we need to kind of brand, we already have it. So why don't we reduce it even more? We already have division one, one double a division two, division three. Why don't we just kind of put, take the group of five and make them their own thing and then take the power five and make them their own thing. And if you want to stick with the NCAA over here, that's cool. But when it comes to governing college football and, and college basketball, we're going to kind of do this over here. Actually, just be college football because it is such a unique entity. NCAA can worry about all this other crap. You can still run the college basketball tournament. You can still run the NCAA championships, whatever the case may be. We might even give you a little cut of this to help you out with that. But it's going to be about making it a football-only thing. And the the byproduct of that is we're going to restore some sanity back to the NCAA, right? Because we're going to we're going to completely gut what they are now and get them back to what their original mission was, which is just a way to bring some sort of some sort of oversight to college athletics, which is originally what it was supposed to be. If I if I'm if I'm correct on that, sure. So get them back to that and let them plan conference championships or whatever. They, I mean, national championships in these sports that nobody watches on TV anyway. And we're going to run college football over here, and then you can do whatever you want to do with college basketball. But we are going to then have an impact on you because we're going to bring sanity back to the geographic nature in which these things are broken down. And so if it's one 64, 65 team entity and we're all kind of basically getting the same money from from TV revenue, then there's no need for USC and UCLA to be in the Big Ten. None. And so then go back to it. But at the heart of it is it's restoring the tradition and pride of being a team that we're battling to be who the best team in Texas is. Well, how do you know you don't play anybody in Texas anymore? It's, it's restoring the tradition of the, you are part of this institution 
and you have these traditional rivalries. So I think at the heart of it should be uh, getting back to where it is more of a part of the schools and the institutions, in my opinion. And we do get back to bringing back the rivalries and the conferences that make sense. So the last thing I would want to do is to separate athletics and football from the institutions. I think that's what makes them unique and what makes them great. And that's what keeps them amateurs. It's the fact that they're still students. We still care about the development aspect aspect of it. We care about the 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 uh, pride of being a a a student at the University of Notre Dame, not just a football player. Because otherwise, you don't have college athletes anymore. You have a semi pro league, and so just sure. name them something different. It's the South Bend whatevers, not right. the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Right. Because there, otherwise, there just needs to campus? be there needs to be oversight, and there needs to be teeth with that oversight. Like that's my biggest thing. Like there's. There's rules in the NCAA, but they're like suggestions because yeah. there's no teeth to it. You know what I mean? And so whatever governing body that you have over college football, it just it needs to have teeth. And they need to be willing to enforce the rules, whatever those rules are. And because there needs to be – they need to clean up the NIL. They need to clean mm-hmm. up the geographic issue. There, I mean, there's stuff that needs to be cleaned right. up. And there needs to be teeth to it. And because uniformity right now the NCAA doesn't have teeth. Right. Right. And none. Uniformity and teeth. None. That's and that it's thrown dang fault. Thrown dang fault. Oh, absolutely. Thrown dang fault. 100 percent Because they didn't want to be the bad guy when it comes to all this stuff. And now it's, you know, what everybody says it, right? It's the wild, wild west when it right. comes to all this stuff. And right. there's no going back. Instead of addressing back. the real problems right. that right. existed. No, there is no going back. It's gonna have to become its own. It has thing. to be something new. Yeah. Exactly completely agree now so, it yeah, could be I, going back to what it was meant to be but it's still going back to what it was meant to be as part of a new entity i think you know what i mean sure, Vince? like sure it's going back to whatever the new entity is it's it's to a degree going back to the because like people say well oversight isn't that what the nfl is i mean there's a ton of oversight in the nfl absolutely right so don't say well, all the way know, down to how they have to dress right i mean yeah. hey we're, we're gonna we're we're not we're, we're not a professional league you know, uh, or we want to be like a professional league. Okay, well, the professional leagues, if you tamper, you're you're losing draft picks and millions of dollars and people are getting fired. So let's right. sure, sure, let's okay, let's do that. Yeah. Right. So those are the things that to me that the models of the professional leagues that I would take is the the uniformity in 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 revenue sharing in that regard, and the and the uniformity in like there's a hey, the, these are the rules, the cans and cans. And the reason that you don't see NFL teams cheating the way college teams is why, Vince? You just nailed it. Why do NFL teams not cheat the way that college teams cheat when it comes to talent acquisition and all that other kind of stuff? Because they're going to get in trouble and they're going to get stuff taken away, whether it's money or major trouble or whatever. I mean, and you get fired. Yeah. You lose, not everyone. I mean, Bill Belichick was able to go through multiple. There's, you lose draft picks, you lose millions of dollars. Right. And, and that may not matter to an NFL team because, they're bringing in revenue in other types of ways. But right. to a college team, this is why I've always said, you want to put some teeth to something? Cool. Here's what we're going to do. We can't make a kid ineligible? Fine. Here's what we are going to do, though. You can't You can't make – you know, you can't play in a bowl game. You can't do this. We're going to, we're going to make you pay X million dollars. Instead of saying, well, well, we'll declare these players ineligible. All right, cool. Those kids are gone anyway. We're going to make you forfeit losses. All right, cool. who cares? Everybody knows those games are played. If I go to YouTube and I play that game – of yeah. Reggie Bush playing against whoever, and I watched the game. Guess what? At the end of this game, USC still had more points than the other team. Right. Right? I still have video of Reggie Bush holding up the Heisman Trophy. I don't care what you say you did. He's still the Heisman Trophy. Because who was the Heisman Correct. Trophy winner that year? 
Nobody? No, Reggie was. Right. You can say whatever the heck you want. We took it away. Blah, blah. Screw you. Make USC pay you $15 million. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't say, well, we're going to put you in a bowl ban. So you're punishing the players that have nothing to do with it. Here's what you do. You can play in a bowl game, and we'll pay for all your travel like we do everybody else. You get zero money revenue from that bowl game. Zero. You don't make a dime off that bowl game. But we're still going to let you play it because we're not going to punish the players that are, that are part of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Put some teeth to it. Exactly. But they don't care. They don't care. That's the whole point, Vince. They don't mm-hmm. care. Because if they cared, this would have been fixed years ago. Absolutely. And we wouldn't be where we are. You try to be greedy, you know what's for all this time, and Congress protected you. And eventually, the Supreme Court said, you're not protected anymore. And the NCAA ran and hide, ran and hid, like a bunch of cowards, like they've always been. Mm-hmm. And then they whine and cry, well, we, we, this is getting out of hand. You did this. You did this. So don't cry and go ask Congress. But, but see, now we have no choice but to ask Congress because, you know, you've got all these co- problems in our country, but apparently these state legislatures have enough time to pass NIL bills. Right. You know, yeah, fun- we don't have functioning roads. And you know, Jackson, Mississippi still, I don't think, has has clean water. But I'm pretty sure the state of Mississippi has an NIL bill. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, got to set our priorities right. You know what I mean? Um, it just, it disgusts me. It, it, California's having all these problems. They're having mass population shifts. You have all this crime, all this other stuff rampant in this in the state, but they got an NIL bill, and they want to darn sure make sure that those football players at UCLA and, U, and USC are employees, right? W- what are we doing here, man? Right. We've completely lost our way. But the last thing that I want to do, Vince, is take these kids away from the schools. Absolutely. Because – 90 some percent of these kids are never going to play professional football. Right. I want us to get back to caring more about how we're developing as young people, not less. And right. this does less. It does less about it's like this whole stupid spring football league. That oh. is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of in my You're life. You're talking about exploiting kids. A hundred percent. Wow. A hundred percent. Because what's the up what's the upside of a four or five star kid playing? In one of these leagues or one of these on one of these teams, yeah. what's the upside? You're, you're not going to get more exposure. You're a four or five star athlete already. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody right. that matters knows who you are and what you can do. It you're not going to gain a single thing by playing in this league. You know who's going to gain something if they have a couple of like two or three star kids yeah. who just go out and ball out or something like that. It's the only people they're going to gain from that. And but even they, then, those kids are balling out at a seven on seven or some camp absolutely. or something. It's not going to cause them to get hit in the head exactly. a thousand more times. Oh, there's no positive to this whatsoever. The, yeah. the the whole thought process behind this makes no sense. No sense. And if anybody, if these kids are getting any kind of good advice from anybody, they're going to say, "Why would you do this? Screw you! What, no way! Why I'm not going to let this? you use us. Yeah, I'm not going to let you use us. No, absolutely. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible." But those are the ideas that we're seeing floated around, not not oh, actual reforms yeah, exactly. that are, have any benefit to young people at all. It's this Terrible. crap. How can people that are making money make more money? That's what all right. of this is about. There's right. nobody advocating for young people. And the people that are pushing for it are doing stupid things like oh, boycott EA Sports. You know, like that. that's that's the line in the sand you're drawing. That right, right there. Come on, guys. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's just all it's all silly, man. It's all silly. Anyway, now that. Is there it, we are. We're, it's just going to be impossible for us to end on a happy, happy. I know, seriously. So let's just. <laughs> oh, I'm going to church. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to go mow the lawn and then I'm going to go to the range. So I'll right. work out my frustration oh, there. So. <laughs> keep a pounding down range. 
I do always. <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty good shot. You've seen me shoot. Know, just, so. that's what, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks everybody for joining us uh, on this edition of the IB, Irish, Irish Breakdown Podcast and the mailbag and everything else that we did today. We will be back on Monday. Topic TBA at one o'clock. Topic TBA at six o'clock for Ivy Nation Sports Talk. But please make sure you tune in. Hit that uh, that like button. Hit that notification bell. Hit the subscribe button and share with your family and friends. And Detroit Hunter, your six-year-old is correct. I should not have used the word stupid. It's an ugly word. Thank you for sharing that. He is correct. He or she is correct. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. That is really funny uh, and, and so true. So, on that note, that's Brian. I'm Vince. And we'll talk to you guys next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.